Hey guys, welcome back to the iCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host as always, Ike. Hey guys, um, thank you for joining us. Um, I wanted to apologize for not dropping our uh, podcast yesterday. So just um, to let everybody know who's tuning in, I'm my house is going through some, uh, my place is going through some renovations. So it was upheaval yesterday and to a large part today, but um, I wanted to definitely make the time for us to drop our current um, podcast. And today we're going to be really going to focus on what's happening in Afghanistan. I know that's the topic of the moment. Everybody's like wondering what is going on. Um, last uh, last Sunday, the Taliban um, had successfully taken over Kabul. And since then, uh, you know, um, Taliban 2.0, it's showing, in my opinion, it's not 2.0, it's still 1.0. And the reports yeah. that are coming out is insane. Yeah, I mean, the just the the, the sh we really didn't get into it last time up on Afghanistan, right? We were really just watching the early stages of this complete collapse, trying to figure out like what would like what led to it, what is the real things, what was going to be the aftermath, what is you know the new status quo going to be, how you know like how is the world going to respond? Now right, with this clarity, Chris, right, we see yeah. that holy crap, it was this thing has become like insane the yeah. collapse was aided by just sheer like well just sh sheer corruption right, right. and and, yeah. and disregard right and negligence right mm -hmm. on, on 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 everyone's behalf like through everything but like the the definition of the military industrial complex was like shows up in this war in this 20 year long war and now the aftermath and the terrifying truth that, you know, 20 years later, nothing's changed. And now you got to run away. And the fact that you could, I mean, one of the things that is not accurately being reported on is the road to the, um, the road to the airport in Kabul, right? Yeah. Um, one aspect that's not being properly reported on is that that road has not been secure for the last two years. Right. Mm -hmm. And like well, here's the thing is, Chris, I, you know, last two years, I don't think there was necessarily um, a need for it. But, you know, before we, we talk about what, you know, is currently happening yeah. um, in um, Afghanistan and Kabul, uh, I think we need to step back, right? And look at, okay, so um, uh, one thing you said was, you know, we didn't really talk about it last week. Well, we didn't really talk about it last week because, you know, the reports were that the Taliban were slowly moving throughout Afghanistan, right? But I think everybody thought, okay, well, Kabul is the last bastion. They're not going to do anything until um, the U.S. was able to fully pull out along with its allies on the yeah. ground, allies. And and that didn't happen. Um, you know, uh, it was literally like, you know, it was, excuse this language, it was a cluster F of, of you know, what, you know, on astronomical proportions because, you know, the U.S. Uh, the Taliban entered Kabul or they were like 10 miles out when the evacuation was still going on. I mean, the embassy was still fully functioning. So it was, we need to get out ASAP, you know, and there yeah. was, so I, you know, I think, I don't think it was surprising that the Taliban were slowly taking control over Afghanistan again. I think the rate that they did it, that's what like, that's what like, you know, surprised everybody. And to really th understand how that happened, we have to look at the previous administration. Yeah, uh, okay. we have to look at, we have to really look at the Bush administration, the, the, the Obama administration, the Trump administration, all of them. Right. But yeah, right. even the previous administration, when the one that promised to get out of this war. Right. But here's it. OK, so here's the thing is, you know, um, I, we've had like one week now of uh, assessment. And, you know, I've been on um, Clubhouse um, and then if anybody's a member of, of Clubhouse, I think, you know, I would encourage you to listen in on some of the 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 rooms. Yeah. Um, that talk about the, the current situation and what's going on, because you're actually hearing from Afghans 
women and they're giving a platform for two women because the women are the ones who, and children are the ones who are going, who have been or will be the most impacted right yeah. uh, the taliban 2.0 in their first press conference i think that happened on tuesday said oh no um you know they're going to follow sharia law but women are going to be allowed to work right but what are they allowed to work in they're allowed to work in um you know, as teachers or as nurses. Um, so they're limiting what a woman can do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you go, you're like, yeah, okay. So that's your, so that's your, you know, that's your example of how, you know, the Taliban 2.0, but when you're in these rooms, right. And you're listening to, and it's not just Afghan women, right? You're look, you're listening to other Afghanis men, who have, you know, these these guys are, uh, they have family friends on the ground in in Afghanistan who are able to give them this information, and sometimes the information they have is so it's in real time, right? And uh, the the media can't even report it because they, they don't have those contacts. They don't have on the ground um, family and friends that they can um, tap into. But, you know, the stories are coming out. You know, one of the things that, you know, um, the Taliban said that was that they're not, they're going to give amnesty, right? So if you worked with the allies and, or, you know, if you uh, worked in the government, you're going to get immunity. And there is an example of their alleged Im immunity. Um, there is a police chief um, in a in a town or village, and um, he surrendered based on what he was told, right, by his superiors. He surrendered because he was a resistance fighter against the Taliban. They beheaded him. They executed him. Like within two days of him surrendering, they had ex executed him. So. You know, the and you know the question is well how was the Taliban able to do this right so uh, and that goes back to I, I think the more immediate and I agree with you Chris we've got to look at the previous administrations uh, Bush the Bush years the Obama years uh, but you know the Trump administration so it's coming out last year the Trump administration held talks with the Taliban in Qatar without the Afghan government present and they basically came to an understanding that you don't kill any more Americans and we'll pull up by May 2021. Yeah. And, the, and you know, and then you can take over. We don't care. Yeah. Right. Uh, but and what the Taliban, it's clearly evident what they did was they took that time. Right. And went to the leaders and I put this in quotes. Um, air quotes, uh, you know, leaders of the different towns, cities, factions, warlords, tribal leaders, and they made back alley deals. When we come through, put down your, put down your, um, put down your weapons, come under our umbrella and we're, you're going to be safe. And that's what we saw, right? And that's, that's why they were able to move so fast is because there was a, and you know, and I'm sure that they promised, you know, money and um, other incentives, bribes to get them to do that. And what you see is this like shocking, you know, takeover within two weeks by the Taliban over all of um, um, Afghanistan. And there's one, there's one province that still is a holdout, the Panjshir province. And they're like, no, we will die. Uh, we will, you know, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting. We're not going to lay down our arms because these guys are a bunch of mofos. Not that they said it that way, but, you know, I'm paraphrasing yes. here. Oh, uh, yeah, I understand right? what you're getting at. But, yeah, yeah, one of the main aspects, I think, of this is that, yeah, there is a resistance still going on. There is, yeah. you know, um, you know, there is this active. And they have to resist because look what happened. The Taliban in five years that they were there, women couldn't go out. They couldn't leave their home without having some sort of male member, right? 
And what if you don't have a male member? Yeah. Um, then you're, as a woman, left to, you know, who has, you know, minor children, you are left to die because you have no ability yeah, to, you're, 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 you, to look, you, take care of your family. Yeah, there's a, like, there's a lot of, you know, casualties in this war and that has left a lot of widows, right? And so now there's yeah. going to be, yeah, there's going to be this, there, there's going to be a lot of problems coming up ahead. But yeah. Chris, like, yeah, you know, and like, okay, so there's, you know, Club Hush where you're hearing all of these um, stories, right? In, in real time events, but, and then you can also see the other stories that are filtering through, through the regular media channels, right? Yeah. Fox. CNN, MSNBC, um, CBC, BBC, right? Uh, yeah. Reuters. I mean, I, you can, you know, you can see uh, Associated Press. I mean, these stories are coming out. There's a story early last week, you know, and that I read about where it was a, uh, you know, a woman. Um, she has two minor children. And her, you know, her oldest daughter who was visiting, she was, her, her oldest daughter is 25. And these Taliban fighters were, you know, came through the town and they told her that she had to cook for them, right? Now, this is a, this is a, a, a widow who has no assistance, is, you know, just making ends meet. These fuckers, excuse my language, because that's what they are, um, come in and, they have her cook for them for three days. And she says, like, I don't have any more food. Like, am I supposed to feed you or my children? And what they did was they hit her with a, with her rifle. And this is, this is a story. So research this, guys. You know, um, they hit her with a rifle. And her daughter is telling them this. They hit her with a rifle. And then threw a grenade in the other room. And um, the woman died. So... Now there's two minor children who have no parent left. The only person who um, who is you know able to take care of them is their oldest sister, and who knows? <coughs> excuse me, if she'd be able to do it right. And again, she's a woman within now Taliban-controlled country, and they have no respect for women. You know, um, you know, Clubhouse. They're talking about stories about, um, and there's reported stories now. There's reports coming in that. Um, little girls are being taken from family. Uh, now, I can't substantiate these, right? But these are the stories that are coming out. And, you know, this is this is allegedly the Taliban uh, 2.0, the, the nicer, more compassionate. And it, last night they were talking about, you know, Sharia law because they're saying it's Sharia law. And... And, you know, one of the speakers was like, Sharia law is up to interpretation. And we all know what Taliban's interpretation of Sharia law is. And, you know, women have, women, girls, children, they have no rights. Mm -hmm. And so, yep. yes, there has to be a resistance. Yeah, there is a resistance in that one province. Um, how long it can hold out, you know, it is trapped on all sides, but it is fairly remote. And hard to get into without mm -hmm. you know the use of uh air support which the taliban woefully have no ability something that i want to touch upon um is really the one of the major aspects of this is uh all the u.s military technology and and small arms that have been left behind yeah. right and there's uh, a lot of sort of media hubbub on like oh no 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 this is a problem this is like what the hell right like you know we've left all this military all these arms and all and and all this equipment and like how could we do this why wasn't there a better rollout um this is quite normal yeah um the the i'd like to point out the the stuff that they left behind um they left behind m16 assault rifles i didn't know that it was hard to get auto an automatic weapon in afghanistan <laughs> right m16 yeah. assault rifles ak-47s you know left by the russians you know all those years back that's what happens right the small arms get left behind because you know there's no point in, in shipping them back right the enemy enemy recaptures your arms all the time yeah right 
um, them leaving back Humvees, right? Um, you know, and, and, and armored personnel carriers. They're essentially just trucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're just really, really, really expensive trucks, right? There's not yeah. really any major technology in them, um, right? Uh, they left behind a propeller drone, which is low-speed, you know, drones that are, you know, have no range, right? They're not, you know, they're not going to be used to harm any Americans, right? They're, you know, what they captured and what they have is normal, just like it's it's equipment and it's 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 old stuff too, right? Then they're also talking about, oh, what about all the equipment that they supplied to the Afghan government that's now in, you know, Taliban hands? All that equipment is very old. You know, mm-hmm. there's Blackhawks from the 80s, Russian MiGs, you know, from the 90s. You know, there's a lot of stuff involving that. And, uh, yeah, understanding that, I think that we're going to need to, you know, look at the, um, yeah, just look at the entire arms that have been left there and realize that this is just a normal aspect of a losing side of the war, right? Your arms get captured by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. There's nothing in there that is that is crazy vital or crazy important. Right. Or that can be given to the Russians or the Chinese that they don't already have. Yeah. Right. This is just normal military arms. There's nothing like serious left behind. Right. If you know the general rule about stuff left behind, if you can't take it with you, you destroy it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, guns, not that important. Right. Uh, especially, you know, trying to get those NATO, you know, they'll, they'll get those guns in, but now they're going to have to get that NATO, you know, bullets eventually when they run out. Right. So they're going to uh, need the ammunition. Exactly. I heard. Um, so, you know, there's four countries. And I'm not sure if there's um, any more that have uh, recognized the Taliban as being a legitimate government. Um, but Iran is one which is really surprising because Iran and the Taliban have always been on opposite ends. Uh, Iran is one. Pakistan, we're not surprised there because, you know, the Taliban have always gotten support from the northern region of Pakistan. Um, uh, China has recognized and so has Russia. Now, when it comes to Iran, I think, you know, Iran is trying to be strategic. For them, it's a, you know, what kind of intelligence can they um, obtain through the, you know, the, you know, the, the hurried, um, exit by the U S right. Um, Pakistan, I think we're not really surprised. Uh, they, we've always known that they've, they helped, um, the, the Northern region of, of, um, Pakistan borders on, um, Afghanistan. They've, provided the support. I mean, it's one of the reasons why the Taliban continue to be successful is because, you know, as soon as it gets too hot for them, they go over into the Pakistan, uh, onto the Pakistan side, stay in the foothills until things die down and then, or they recover and then they go back in, right? I mean, that's been their um, MO in terms of their, you know, continuing and, um, and, you know, in terms of China and Russia, I mean, clearly their interests are more from a, um, from a materials, raw materials perspective, right? I mean, it's economics, it definitely, it's economics for China. Geopolitically, Um, it's, it's, it's a good spot just to, to get some, you know, good raw material for their, for their needs. Right. And Afghanistan is one of those countries that, you know, it's very difficult to go in because uh, it, you know, it's so mountainous. Yeah, the terrain is difficult. The terrain is extremely difficult. So if you're, you know, there's caves um, and lots of places that one could hide. So just trying to um, mount, you know, just trying to to weed everything out, I think is like a Herculean task, which is very difficult. I I think over the last, um, so it was interesting. So yesterday I was watching a, I was watching a YouTube video, right? And they're, t- they're talking about how um, they've tried to create like sort of like a ring road or a ring highway um, connecting all the major cities in Afghanistan. So it's the circular 
highway that were they were doing and you know just how difficult it is in certain areas like they said something like you know if you to build a mile costs like five million dollars yeah i like mean just I've, to build it, it the terrain is just like insane yeah i wonder yeah i wonder like because there's a mix of that but there's also a lot of grifting right going on um mm -hmm. you know when it comes to like the amount of money like that's another aspect that needs to be like brought up the amount of money spent on this war for this outcome right yeah over over four presidencies right and i i give biden you know a, all the credit in the world for pulling out just on this on just on the cost aspect right yeah this war right. diverted so much over so many over 20 years right and and only right. got worse and worse right and you know I, I i agree with you i mean i i don't blame biden for pulling out i mean at some point you know people they should have pulled out earlier <laughs> yeah I, I mean and here's the thing is you know um I, it was uh i'm not exactly sure where with whom she was talking but katie mcfarland you know um there's an interview she did i think earlier um last week i think it was a monday or tuesday and she said you know what we're seeing they fully expected that to happen like what that's not a surprise yeah right um it's again it's the you know how fast they did it and um, that speed that they did it has a lot to do with concessions that were made last year. And, you know, the second part of it is the, the human crisis, right? The humanitarian crisis that's, that's going on. Uh, right now, um, there's like 20,000 people in and around the airport that made it there before the Taliban stopped, you know, tr you know started putting the roadblocks that are trying to get out and they have the special visas. I hear, and here's the thing is, you know, the Taliban said that they're not going to stop anybody from leaving, right? But they're looking at your documents. And if they see any document that looks like English, you're immediately taken aside, okay? Yeah. And those, those documents are taken from you, they're confiscated and they're ripped up. So how do you, sh how do you, how do you even substantiate who you are? Exactly. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to ensure that every Afghan, and you know, gets let, it stays behind, right? Eventually, yeah. you know, after enough time passes, after the world, you know, forgets about whatever happens, and the cameras turn away, they'll 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 strike again and start taking out everyone who was a collaborator in their eyes. Yeah, and as far as they're concerned, everybody's a collaborator. Yeah, anyone that they want it to be. Right. Right. That's the point of despots. That's the point of, of religious fundamentalist theocracies. You know, they pick and can pick out of a hat who is wrong, who is right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 situation in Afghanistan is is like the most like everyone should have seen this coming. This shouldn't have been a surprise, and the fact that it happened, it was just a failure. Of the, of the greatest kind across so many presidencies no one like no one is yeah you can't yeah you failure. right right i mean it's you know one on top of the other yeah no this falls um, on every president right you know who continued the war right bears responsibility for this outcome because but chris was it a continuing the war or was it trying to help bring democracy like here okay Nation so building you know, was never the goal right i right it wasn't the the goal was to get you yeah. know annihilate and, you know get rid of americans Al are not right? good at nation building well okay right okay so let's let's put that to the side um you know al-qaeda they've they're also have deals i'm i'm you know the taliban i think they're i think the other reports that i'm hearing is that uh al-qaeda operatives are just waiting for the taliban to get their hands on 
um, everything, right? Because again, it's uh, one week in and they're, you know, they fully expect to be assigned to international posts, right? So legitimately they're trying to get themselves posted in all those countries where they can't get in as um, diplomats. Like, imagine that. You've got fucking terrorists as diplomats. Well, that's the problem with de facto rulership, right? Now that they've taken power, you know, and they're recognized by a few, like, you know, powerful states, you know, that are, you know, you know, antagonistically aligned against most Western, you know, states, like, you now have this allowed, this new axis of evil allowed, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for the sake of geopolitics, you know, um, you know, a new pre-Cold War uh, is, is occurring, right? Yeah. You know, the old player, Russia, Russia, the old player is, you know, making moves. China, the new one, is coming in and definitely messing everything up. And now, yeah, what can I say? Afghanistan, the graveyard of empires, right? It's it's done this, you know, like every time someone tries to go in, you know, it, you know that, that place just beats it back and stays exactly the same as it always was. But that's just it, Chris. Before, you know, before the... Um, you know, the Soviets, formerly, you know, the Soviet Union, um, the USSR. I mean, before they invaded Afghanistan, it was actually one of the most liberal countries within the Islamic countries. Yeah, at the time. Uh, and then yeah, the at Soviets the time. Got, were, were taken out and then... I mean, but there was a quite a bit of time between, you know, the Soviets leaving and the Taliban ruling, you know, uh, in 96 to 2001, right? Yeah, five uh, years of hell. Yeah, that fi- yeah, but there was, you know, like, it, it didn't come out of nowhere, right? It, the, the, the reason why those p- people became powerful fundamentally came down to the U.S. support of those people, right. you know, uh, in, you know, against the Soviets. Right. And the Cold War. No, I completely understand yeah. why you know the you know have the Taliban rose. It's it, it's the right. circular it's the circular thing that's now happened, right? Right, where it's like it's like we've created them. We went went in. You know they they hid. Now that they've come back, we have to make deals with them now because they're the de facto rulers. Because we gave them, you know that that funding and that base initially that training, right? No, I don't think you have to support them. No, absolutely not. But uh, now, like, as de facto rulers, the question is, do you make deals? But, no, you don't. Because, right. you know, deals legitimize it. Forget it. Well, that's the problem, right? It's, it's, this is like the, the, you know, Saudi Arabia. I'll tell the, you what you need to you know, do. Right? Need to, we need to, you know, help the resistance. Well, then aren't, aren't you, like, in just open war with the Taliban at that point? Like, that's the problem. It's like a new war can't be started, right? There's no there's no pl- will for a new war, even though, like, there's this whip-up idea that, you know, there should be. But there's no will to go back, right? Chris, and here's the thing wars is... proxy wars and shadow wars don't look good on anybody. Chris, I mean, you know what? NATO, U.S., uh, I mean, we everyone's can't pull- go back in. Yeah, everyone's pulled out. Yeah, right? we can- we can't, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not our country. Yeah. Okay. So the resistance has to be internally. Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder how, how, how realistic and how possible that resistance well, is. Well, you know America. what? I, I think women should, you know what? I think women um, should start getting training and they should, they should start resisting. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that, you know, yeah, the abs- what's coming up ahead is, is I think, well, the Afghan Civil War is almost certain at this point. You know, there will be, uh, uh, you know, a full-on civil war going on, right? There is an open area of rebellion, right? There is the fact that, you know, like out along the Pakistan, you know, um, Afghan border, um in uh, Jalalabad, uh, I believe, there was mm-hmm. uh, a protest there that, uh, 
you know, that ha uh, had the Taliban, uh, you know, start firing at the protesters because they showed up yeah. with, like, the Afghan flag, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's, like, there's, like this, there's a new civil war brewing, right? And the Taliban have the advantage, significant advantage. And, yeah, if, if there's going to be, like, this proxy war going on, then, yeah, the support of these individuals might be, you know, absolutely necessary for, the, you know, the future. But the question is, how much political will is there for that? And is this one of those, like, on the book, you know, off the book side things that we hear about later that, yeah, you know, the CIA was also supporting, you know, these guys in, at that time, right? Is this, like, you know, a story in 20 years or a story now? Yeah, so... um I mean, I think one of the clubhouse um, rooms that I was in, there, one of them was saying that, you know, the Panjshir province right now, it's the um, it's the bastion of the the resistance, and you know the the special forces, they're you know they're um, they're congregating there, like they're going there, and that's where they're going to be. Um, you know, building the resistance. And the example they used was, you remember uh, Mosul in uh, Mosul in um, Iraq? It would be taken over by the ISIS, um, ISIS fighters, and they were able to take back uh, Mosul street by street, but it was, it was the special forces of the Iraqi armed forces that did it. Yeah, I, you know, and they did it at a huge cost to them um, themselves. They're um, a huge. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> the huge cost to their their um, their uh, their military, um, but they were able to do it. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see um, bits of these this happening, and it was just. You, they need support. Okay, yeah, so if the question is going to be, you know, where are you going to get the ammunition? Then, I think we need to give them the ammunition, right? At yeah, some point, uh, the Taliban's going to run out of the their their bullets. Yeah, absolutely. I think that definitely uh, when you can, when you think of it, yeah, arming uh, a militia, arming uh, you know, and and ensuring that you know that humanitarian aid goes to you know resistance fighters. That's just going to be uh, a reality of. It, it's, it's absolutely just going to be a reality of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, um, I want to take a break here. I, like, you know, let's get away from Afghanistan, take a break here, and then move on to our next story. But uh, yeah. in the meantime. Well, Afghanistan is a moving story. Um, yeah. There's more and more developments. Um, and, yeah, we're learning more and more that, um, you know what, the 2.0 is exactly like 1.0. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we could continue with this discussion for a while. Like, I do want to, you know what, um, uh, because just the because of the compressed time, we may not be able to uh, dive into it furthermore. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. This is a good place for us to put a holder, you know, put a, um, what is it, uh, a bookmark. Yeah. Um, let's put a bookmark and let's uh, revisit this next week. Yeah, and, and see what the, how, how it turns out and what, what, what's going on from there. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. All right, um, and on that note, we'll, we'll see you shortly for The Happy Place. Yeah, see you guys. And we're back from the, from the war room and going straight into our happy place. All right. Uh, I mean, we got out of some pretty heavy stuff involving all the crises going on in Afghanistan. Yep. Uh, now we have to go into... I think we deserve the happy place. Yeah, let, let's get into a little happier place. Um, I just want to quickly touch on, like, uh, this week, uh, A24, the studio had released, uh, uh, for a very short window, uh, digitally, the, uh, the new film, The Green Knight. Uh, starring Dev Patel. Um, really? Yeah, so they released it digitally, digitally for this, you know, very, very short window. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just sort of testing it out because Green Knight, you know, generally speaking, box offices have not really bounced back from, you know, um, just, they haven't really bounced back from, from COVID just yet. Yep. Right, theaters are still struggling. And uh, on top of all of that, though, you know, something like... Um, I would argue something like, uh, like, like most of the revenue is pretty much gone, 
right? Uh, you know, the dual release strategy has, has made it very, very difficult. And um, so A24 has tried to see, like, what, what is the advantage of actually doing a dual release and, and, and actually putting it up online for a little bit? And what they, uh, so they haven't released anything yet, but, uh, yeah, this was, like, their first little shot at this uh, release. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks in theaters, and now it's uh, shown up uh, on uh, a digital platform for a short window. It might come out again. Right. But, um, yeah, uh, it hasn't stopped all the other issues that arise, like piracy and everything else that's popped up, right? So um, this thing has already flooded the internet. Um, yeah, so uh, what can I say? But nevertheless, you know, I watched it in that small window, and my God, this is a... I, I'm going to talk to you about it, like, probably next week. I believe they're going to put a release again uh, on the Friday for, for another small window. Um, so they're just doing it on weekends? Yeah. Let, okay, so um, if we could just pause a quick minute. But next weekend. So I think, Chris, you're undergoing a massive move. <laughs> yeah. Um, next weekend, right? Um, so next weekend, um, we're hoping to get um, get this out, get our uh, podcast out on um, on Saturday. But it may be a Sunday release again. Um, and again, it's just there's extenuating circumstances. So appreciate, you know, your guys' patience uh, as always with us. Uh, circling back now. So so they're releasing this on, um, on weekends. Okay, so I, I obviously was not able to watch anything this weekend except for Ted Lasso. Of course. Um, which, we'll, we'll, which we'll just, you know, dive into. But... Um, so, do you want to give your impression for the Green Knight, or do you want to wait I want to hold off on to that. I, I'll just give a basic, you know, like, uh, yeah. What's I the mean, premise behind it? So, it's a little difficult to explain that. It's a sort of Arthurian chivalric romance, uh, you know, that's based off of a poem uh, by Anonymous, right? Um, and so... It, it, it's like this very, very crazy retelling of that story, and it's fundamentally, you know, a story about, like, uh, Gwen, Garwin, Gawain, depending on how, you know, like, there's so many different ways they say his name in the, in the movie, right? Because... Uh, Sir Gawain, yeah. I think, is the, is like, the right term. No, 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 no because it might no? actually be Garwin, right? Really? Yeah, okay. like, Old English, it might actually be Garwin. Like, it's, it's very, very strange. Point being is that, you know, it's sort of like this, like, quest that you must undertake and, and the insanity of it all. Um, it, it's very, very trippy. I, I want uh, I, I want to see it, like, again, um, right? And so I'll, I'll wait till the, the next big thing. But, yeah, when we get the time to watch it, uh, yeah, we'll uh, – let, let's go through that one. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much out of it. I don't even want to, like, give okay. my score. Uh, so, but that being said um, – Let's talk about Ted Lasso with a great week. Oh my God! Oh Why my did God. they do this? I don't know. I love this episode. Yeah, uh, this one was a good one. It it really like came back and brought it in. Right. So uh, part of it was you know, um, every you know everybody's favorite gruff ex footballer, uh, Roy Kent. Right. Uh, him trying to figure out. You know, it, it, is he really happy with doing the, the broadcast stuff or is it something else? Um, you know, you've got a Ted who's uh, trying to reach out to him to see if he'll be a coach on the team or become a coach on the team. You see growth with um, with Nate, right? Um, <laughs> it was an interesting, yeah. interesting storyline. He's like so passive, right? He's not aggressive at all. And this was, you know, um, this this uh, past episode, Rebecca and um, Keely are trying to um, shore up his assertiveness so that he could get to, you know, he could go to, um, he could get the table that he wanted for his parents' 32nd anniversary or something like that, right? I think it was mm -hmm. 32nd anniversary. Um, so that... <laughs> So I, I just, his was an interesting, um, uh, you know, um, his was an interesting storyline, but I think that the major um, part of that episode was uh, Roy Kent. Yeah. 
No, no, Roy I enjoyed Kent it. definitely was was. I mean, Roy, Roy, like, dude, Ted Lasso's like comment of like, I, I believe I'm, I'm a communist, a rom communist, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, what? You know, everything is gonna work out, right? Because it's rom com like logic. That's the only thing that matters, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and the fact that he uses like those terms, you know, like he's like, I'm just a coach. Standing in front of a player, <laughs> right? Like right. doing those '90s like rom-com classic lines, right? Um, all of it was was hilarious. Um, and then Roy Kent doing it like like that 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 final run when when he goes like, "God damn, I'm, I'm like you know I shouldn't be a pundit, right? Like right. You know, I should be out there, you know, being part of the sport that he, that that he loves to be a part of." So yeah, it, it, that was all of it was very very good. I think that. Yeah, you know, just it was fun to watch, like thrown through. Yeah, the writing was really good. I thought the dialogue was great. Um, the actors definitely, as always, brought their A game, right? Um, I, I love the I, I love the interaction between um, Rebecca, Keeley, and Nate. I, I mean, I, those were some of the funniest at parts of the episode. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, and then at the very end, <laughs> Coach Beard's response yeah, <laughs> to Roy like, Kent. Oh my God! Just crying, man. Like I saw the tears. <laughs> I, I know, was like, he's yes. like, tears in his eyes. It was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. He's like, yes, <laughs> this is what we were waiting for. Yeah. Right, and you can see, uh, and then it's funny was because Nate is like, he looks over and he's sort of like, what the hell. Yeah, and you can tell he's because he, he's not assertive, right? He's not secure yeah, in himself, so you can see that insecurity. I could see the insecurity in his eyes. What do you think? Yeah, no, it was right there. It's the way like he twitched around, looking around, like what the hell, um, yeah. you know, and like didn't know what to do. And then Roy Kent shows up. Yeah, you know, like Nate. Nate, I'm, I'm wondering what they're gonna do with him because you know he's like going. He's trading this line of like like power trippy, but like you know like 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 but not actually being very powerful. You're right. <laughs> right? Like that, like, he, and I wonder about that. Like, if that's going to be, like, more of a thing, if that's going to lead to more problems. Um, yeah. Um, I think, you know, what's going to happen with his, I think there's going to be a character evolution where it's like, you don't have to be, you know, he, because he's got some really good ideas um, and, and, you know, in terms of plays and stuff like that for the game. And so, you know, he's a valuable member of the team. And, you know, a valuable member of the team doesn't mean that you have to be a jerk about it. Like, he's like that with the new... Recruits, um, yeah. The new recruits, or the, or right? Or the new version of him. Like yeah, the new version the... of him. Because that's how he was treated. Yeah. I think, right? So you think that's the only way. But I think, you know, being with, um, you know, Coach Beard and Coach Lasso... Um, He's going to, you know, we're going to see an evolution of him. We saw him being shown, like, you can be assertive without being mean. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's just going to flow into. But you know what? I, I, so this is what I said to Bones. I go, the way his dad, like, you can also understand why Nate is the way he is because of his dad. Yeah, just so, yeah, like, everything is so disapproving. Yeah. So if you're just like disapprove, you know, if everything is just so disapproving, it's like you, you know, you end up losing that confidence, right? And we really want is the confidence. We want him to have that confidence. Yeah. Yeah, now is essentially like the long road, right? Yeah. I can't wait for, you know, here's the thing is, I can't wait for the next episode. So I was, I was spoiled because I saw season one. You know, I've been to watch season one and season two, it's like every, every week the episode's getting released. Right. So I'm just like, oh, why couldn't they just like do it? Because I probably, I guess I end up watching, you know, if I really like it, I end up watching it like two, three times. Really? Um, but so, yeah. So I'm sort of like, I wish I could watch the, you know, I could see the next episode and I haven't been able to, because again, I, I think it's just a phenomenal, um, show i think the the writing is amazing and you know they deserve the 20 emmy um, nominations that they received yeah all I of mean, them yeah they, they did great and chris is this the first time like four members are going up as 
uh, supporting actors within from the same show. I think so, man. Because um, I think they're competing with each other. It's because they're killing it. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's because they're killing it that they've gotten it. Like everybody's like amazing. Yeah, everybody's bringing that A game to exactly. each of their characters. Yeah, no, everyone like everyone's gotten an episode to deal with like this sort of things like. Like, and, and they're giving everyone time, you know, like Sam got an episode dedicated to himself. Jim Tark got an episode dedicated to him, you know, yeah. um, you know, Roy Kent in many, uh, aspects got, got, get so much time dedicated to him. Yeah. Right. Uh, because of how integral he is to the, the whole thing. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, even further from that, we see, um, like the other characters, like the, the other big characters who, are, who pop up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember, like, now that, uh, like, oh, w- sorry, the, the, the current captain being mentored by Roy Kent in this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really important. Like that yeah. one is, is another thing that's, that's coming up. Right. And a key, um, you know, takeaway from this episode is that, you know, you have to remember why you started to do what you're doing, right? Yeah. Like to be best at it, you have to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you go back to that, you will bring it's your to get A-game. back to the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's to get back to the game, whatever your game is in life. Right. So, yeah, I love the love that episode. Um, yeah. Through and through one of the uh, best episodes. I mean, they just get better and better, man. Every episode is just so good. Um, I, I, this is like must see TV. This is my must watch. I wish it came out all at once. But, you know, like, this week by week, I understand why they do it, right? It keeps engagement. It keeps everyone going. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know that, that's... Something to look forward to because I'm exactly. like, is it Friday? Awesome. That means I get yes. to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a really good one. So, Chris, I understand you watched um, a couple other stuff this weekend, right? Yes. Do you want to talk about them or? All right, yeah, okay, fine. I'll talk about two of them. One was okay. I watched Stillwater. Yeah. What did you uh, think? That one is just Matt and, Matt and Damon, right? As a, as as a dumb like like Oklahoma slash Texan, right? Like like he's the whole thing. The, the entire point of his character is like yeah, idle talks. Like okay, let let me get back to basics, right? What what the show is about, or sorry, what the uh, the movie is about is um uh, a, a guy right um sort mm-hmm. of a father i can't remember his name but essentially matt damon's character he's a father whose daughter has been uh convicted of murder in france uh um murder of uh, her roommate it's sort of like an amanda knox situation yeah and i was gonna say i think amanda knox uh knocked the movie she said that this was not well be- she had a lot to say about it yeah, well, there's certain plot points I, I can see that she would be, uh, you know, disliking of. Uh, but um, apart from that, there is... Uh, so, yeah, it's just sort of his, uh, like, his, like, trying to go through and figure out how, you know, like, to prove his daughter's innocence, right, and, and that sort of thing, right? But the whole, you know, the, the main crux of the film is that, you know, he, you know, he's just a good old boy. He, do, he, do, he don't speak nothing, you know, he doesn't really learn French in the entire movie, Right, like he, he just sort of stuck where he is, right, and and, uh-huh. and how to do it that way. So that's that's the sort of position that he's stuck in. Okay. Um, you know that being said, uh, yeah, sorry. That all being said, uh, the movie. Did you enjoy it, it? Yeah, the movie's okay. I mean, it, it's definitely a hard, like it, it's a drama at heart, and it's it's slow. Right, it's a slow burn, but there's not. It's not like you know anything hardcore. It's like there's no major conspiracy. This is just one of those like, yeah, you know, there was a murder, and I I have to try to prove that you know my daughter's innocent, and it's mostly done through procedural means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it it's not really sensational in any sense. Um, you know, there are some you know some ses- sensational aspects to it, but it's it's nothing too crazy. That you know, just I, I wanted to make that very clear. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty good. You know, Matt Damon does his A game. He's one of yeah. those guys to me that you know, it's like whenever I'm watching him, I never watch him. And go like, oh, that's Jason Bourne, or you know, oh, that's some you know, like you know, like oh, that's this guy from Goodwill Hunting, or or that's I never see him as his other characters, right? Yeah. And so like he he's to me always good good like that. 
Um, and then, so yeah, like moving on from that though, like the other movie that I watched was uh, Snake Eyes. Uh, yeah, that one was interesting. That's a G.I. Joe related, right? Yeah, it's it's sort of like not really well connected to the G.I. Joe movies uh, in any real sense. Um, you know, it's sort of like its own origin story thing, but it's really, it's fun and interesting because it's like, it takes some of like the two coolest characters, you know, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, right? Mm-hmm. And it yeah. sort of like delves into and creates a new origin for them. And I mean, like Henry Golding's okay in the movie. He bra- his accent breaks a lot. He's supposed to be playing American, but his British accent comes through a lot. Okay. Right. He breaks way too much. Um, but the other actor who plays Storm Shadow, Andrew uh, Koji, oh, he just kill he kills it from beginning to end. Uh, like really? he, yeah. Okay. Oh my god. This like it's, it's not a high bar to clear, but this is the best GI Joe movie easily. <laughs> um, that says uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not too uh, high of a bar to clear. But, yeah. uh, like, you know, but, like, first G.I. Joe is whatever. And then G.I. Joe Retaliation, the, 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 the second one, is, like, is, is a little bit better. It's got a rock in it. But, yeah, the, the this one is really good from beginning to end. It, it's very limited on its, uh, on its like, universal stuff. Like, the only, like, um, like G.I. Joe and Cobra references in the movie are, like, two characters. Like, one, one from each. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's still fundamentally centered around like, you know, Snake Eyes and 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 Storm Shadow. So yeah, it's it's a, I mean, it's a really good one. It's a good one. I love it. I think that uh, yeah, yeah, people gotta watch it. It's great. Okay, well, um, so next week I have, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna watch Stillwater, but I will try to watch Green Knight and, and Snake, Snake Eyes. Eyes. Yeah, please, and of course Ted Lasso as we do it. Well, we oh, might, uh, yeah, we might be recording Friday because you know we are busy Saturday, and uh, you know things are just gonna be hectic all around us. So yeah, we're gonna try to see if we can do this uh, for Fridays. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yep, sounds good. And on that note, appreciate everybody tuning in. Sorry it was such a compressed uh, uh, episode, uh, as always. Um, I appreciate your 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 attendance with us. Um, always love, um, love it when you guys join us. And on that note, you can't stop what, Chris? You can't stop the signal, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>